0: So there you go, some, uh, some sound effects for, for the episode.
1: <laughs> so yesterday I managed to fix a 30-year-old CNC milling machine. Well, mostly someone else, I was just helping with the boring stuff. Uh, meanwhile, in the same room, someone was cutting stuff out of plywood using lasers, while someone else was fixing a, an industrial robots with a plasma cutter attached and that's what i wanted to talk with you today on the podcast
0: yeah that sounds very interesting especially um knowing what's your actually field of work that you're a programmer and suddenly you're talking about milling cutting laser frying uh <laughs> machines. Uh yeah, this is something else. This is something completely different. Um so uh like is this your hackerspace uh hobby or what? Oh yeah man yeah yeah like in this in this episode I I I I I, I it would be great to explore all this because, you know, in the, in the last episode where we talked about the gadgets and um, uh, like how you managed to do the iPhone stand, which I mm-hmm. love, by the way, I I, uh, I use it now on my desk. I'll send you a photo. This idea of manual labor, of doing something manually, something completely different. Um, I mean, using your brain still, but not that much. I, and, and, and having this <laughs> immediate... I know, well, that uh-huh. much, yeah, too. But, <laughs> you know, sorry. But, you know, having this, I think instant feedback of just building something, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's for us knowledge workers, it's good to do that.
1: Yeah. There's just like something very satisfying about physicality. Like we, we, we live and, and breathe and work in the, the digital work or <laughs> the digital world, I, I should say. And it's great and I love it, but, but like, it just leaves something to be desired, right? Like we, we, We're kind of built to deal in the physical world and in front of a computer like the physical world is just the interaction between your brain through your hands onto a keyboard or a mouse or a touch screen and like sometimes you want a little bit more right like you want to do things creatively or like build things or break things or test things or tinker but like if it's physical if you can touch it right if if you had to get your hands dirty there's just something really satisfying about that
0: yeah and um in your case like we've been we've been following your your um evolution into this uh you know bob the builder <laughs> over over the, over the last uh, years like when you started with the with the 3d printing machine and from there like your appetite just grew bigger (laughs) to just build um, bigger things build different things um use different materials like it's all it all like started from this you know 3d printing idea to everything else
1: yeah i'm actually confused right now when i actually bought my my 3d printer it was april but was it last year or was it 2017 I don't even remember anymore. It's we'll link in the show notes, you know, to the episode where we talked about it, but uh I don't remember m- much. Yeah. Uh it was episode one fifty two, power to the people, july 11, twenty eighteen. So I guess April uh twenty eighteen. Okay, so it's been one and a half years. That that kind of makes sense. Okay. Uh, that I've been mm-hmm. playing with with this. Um actually like way in the past I, 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 I had kind of a desire to build physical things and i had a, a couple of attempts to like do things with electronics uh, you know microcontrollers and stuff so like uh so that i could use my my technical programming skills but like build physical things but uh those attempts failed and and i guess 3d printing was what sort of brought this idea uh back to life and and actually you know um allowed me to to develop myself like uh, as someone who can build physical objects,
0: uh, today we'll talk about the fact that uh, your appetite is growing and you're building different things. And mm-hmm. um, and I've been the same, you know. I I but not not as you like building new stuff, but I like renovating. Like I have this whole history of just redoing my home office, like putting the cables in a different order, like um, yeah. playing with uh, you know, uh, uh, like being a carpenter basically in most cases. Uh, uh, assembling different compositions out of uh, ikea furniture like i know ikea furniture <laughs> by heart and i can do lots of uh, ikea hackers is my favorite website so um, um oh is that a thing oh yes it's a thing man <laughs> well i haven't published anything there but uh, I've, I've been following lots of ideas from there it's it's really cool and 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 again the, the like that's it's really re- rewarding to be able to build something, to change something, and um, and um, well, I'll 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 be talking about my home office renovation for twenty twenty, which I which is underway right now, um, and my wife was just just telling me, Michael, like you should have you know hired some contract contractors to do it for you. Why are you doing it? I'm like, baby, this is so rewarding. This is so cool, and and I believe the other thing is that. When I start a renovation of a home office, for example, I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly how I want to put things that's why i I kind of prototype I, I I build something and I see if if I like it and then I change it i I, I assemble assembly it again so it's not like I have a perfect plan uh, mm-hmm. but for me, again, this journey is the ultimate destination. I'm just building as I go and learning as I go, and this process is is just so much fun
1: yeah i I guess that's a different. That, that's one of the differences between doing things f- for work and just for fun yeah like, for work you would probably plan sometimes it's good to like a lot of the times it's good to experiment and just try things but like it's smart to plan right it's like mm-hmm. think first and then do so that you don't waste time but like if you're just doing something for fun kind of the process of exploring it just playing without doing the the, the thinking part, like the boring thinking part, not the thinking while doing things with your hands. Um, it's, it's very, very satisfying, very fun. And, and when you're saying you have a history of, of home investor innovation, that's really true. Like we literally talked about it like twice or thrice on the show. And I remember like way back in 2011 or, or and before that. Well, in 2011, you already had a series of blog posts dated pretty much once every year about the next iteration of your home office. Uh, I I remember reading that actually in 2011, and 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 getting some ideas uh, there that I actually put uh, to to my uh, home office. Like uh, when you used this uh, piece from one of the 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 popular um, kind of co- construction uh, stores that you cut in half to be this kind of cage for all, yep. the all the cables and chargers and, and yeah yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so that's and and recently my home office has been pretty stable it's been pretty well uh, pretty well laid out but even now i decided let's let's do some changing let's do something else let's do something more radical and uh, I started doing it. The first thing I did was to change the the, the, the placement of my whiteboard, which is right now behind me behind me, um, instead of on my side. Uh, but and then everything else uh, just uh, fell into place. And uh, mm-hmm. as you said, the process of exploring it, of building it, building it again, uh, not liking it, <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's because and this is because it's like a hobby, and it is and it's yeah, and it's something else. So tell me how uh like ah and the best part when i uh-huh. told you when i told you that my wife wasn't happy with me doing it all my by myself then you told me that your girlfriend is also not happy with you disappearing into hacker space and not coming back home
1: <laughs> well it is a place that sucks you in like <laughs> there's just so much stuff to do and it's so stimulating kind of intellectually and creatively that I lose track of time every time. I, you know, I'm just like everybody else in today's world, especially among people my, my age. I look at my phone like, you know, every two minutes. And when I'm there and I have something to do, which is like every time I'm there, <laughs> uh, I just don't look at my phone. And since I don't have a watch, I I'm often like, Holy shit, it's midnight! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so anyway, um, I started... Like, at at the beginning, uh, much of my my time there was spent playing with the laser cutter. So, uh, laser cutting is kind of fun, because, you know, with 3D printing, you can make really intricate objects, uh, but you're going to make them out of plastic, Right, and there are some techniques to to use the plastic as as a mold for something else. Like I I used a plastic mold to uh, as a cookie cutter, and you can use it as a uh, as the the positive original to make a silicone mold out of to mm-hmm. like make a part out of concrete or plaster or something like that. But but you're pretty constrained with um, the fact that it's generally going to be plastic, and with the fact that the uh, the area is, is small. Like it, it, you're not gonna build a large thing with it. And if you are, it's gonna take ages. Um, so laser cutting is fun because again you have different constraints. You only cut. You only make like two dimensional objects, not three dimensional objects. But there's a lot you can do by uh, cutting plywood or um, HDF or something like that, right? And the design process is also very easy if you want to build something with it because it's only two dimensions, right? Yeah. So um, I cut boxes uh, out of um, kind of recycled wood, like old pieces of furniture that I just cut to, um, roughly cut to, to size and then put it through the laser cutter to actually cut all the walls, and um, I built it, A, because it was fun, but B, because I had an actual use case with an actual, you know, cupboard, where, like, no plastic boxes from any store I've been to, and trust me, I've searched a lot, uh, like, fit appropriately, so it was, like, wasted space, and, like, I didn't have a good place to to put this stuff on it, to put there, uh, so I just, you know, I, I made a... I designed a model in Fusion 360 mm-hmm. uh, for a box. And it's a nice model because it's parametric. So it it's not just a box. It's a box um, made from a list of parameters like width, height, depth, uh, and thickness of material. So I can, you know, in a few seconds, I can rescale the whole model to, to fit any uh, box I want to make. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just, uh, what, two, five... Five parts to cut, and I just found some um, leftover wood, and I cut it, right. And then I I started thinking about uh, a gadget for the news reunion. I want to use the laser cutter for that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was searching for different models, and I found out I found out about this this cool technique called curve cutting, where you can, you know, cut something in such a shape that you can bend, you know, materials that usually are not very bendable. Uh, so there was that, and uh, yeah, I I cut a bunch of kind of Christmas tree ornaments for uh, for my family because when they heard about laser cutters and they remembered seeing something on the internet, they were like, "You're gonna make that for us." Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: And with the box, did you did you glue then the walls together or what did you do to to join them? Ah,
1: see, that's the fun part. So the first one I screwed up a little bit and it's glued, but then. I I did some some measurement and some tests and I figured out um the the dimensions I have to use to make the walls fit perfectly. As in ah. you need to use um a little bit of force so like Lego actually. Kind of, yeah. Kind like like you mm. like you need to use like a rubber mallet to mm-hmm. put it together to like fit all the I know the English word, uh, but 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 to fit all of the walls together. But once you do it, it's just gonna stay this way, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you'd have to like really try to put to put it apart uh, for it to destroy itself. So you need to use zero glue, which is kind of cool.
0: Wow! Yeah, so that's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, that that's not something you're gonna do by hand, like uh, like wood things that are just gonna fit perfectly. There's just like too much precision involved. But with CNC, you just like You know, the the laser cut has a certain width. Mm -hmm. So if you just assume there are lines, then there's going to be a hole. It won't fit. You'll need to use glue. But you can use a post-processing step where you measure the width. You, like, figure out what the the added, um, you know, how smaller the outer diameters are Uh and how much larger the inner diameters are. And you offset by just this amount. And you know, offset the model, and then when you put it through the laser cutter, you have, you know, parts that fit perfectly. Huh.
0: Yeah. Will you have a photo for the show notes?
1: Yeah, I will, yeah. Okay, good, good,
0: good. No. cool, this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, very, very interesting. Um, well in my case uh, of 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 my home office redesign i also um i was playing with a different material which i really like is this um o s b board which mm-hmm. is like a cheap board for um uh, for you know construction it's really cheap like one big board costs like ten euros so it's really cheap uh, but i just so it's basically you know rests of wood glued together and pressed together um mm-hmm but because of that it, it 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 has this nice look of um yeah of uh of just wood being in chaos and uh i like it and uh, uh here where i live uh, there is not much you know forest oh. so i need uh, i i miss the wood and i miss i um, also in my 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 home office was pretty like not cozy because it was just walls painted and and marble um floor so uh this uh, so i bought 3 um uh, uh, parts um, that I, you know, attached to the wall, and then behind them I put uh, the LED uh, uh, lights uh, from IKEA, and mm-hmm. and uh, the ambiance in my home office just changed dramatically. <laughs> it's it's it just yeah. looks so much better. It feels so much better. It uh, I love it. It's uh, uh it's it, it took me a while to figure out how how to you know how to put things together, how to um, not cut myself, and uh, you know attach it to the wall and all that stuff, but. I had to drill I think like 30 holes in the in the um uh, in the wall uh, mm-hmm. but uh, the whole process was very cool it was very rewarding and uh, and I managed to hide all the cables behind uh, these boards um so and I uh, speaking of of zero waste from our last episode I um I'll I'll take a, I'll take a picture and a link in the show notes I put my iPad 3 my old iPad 3 On the attach it to the wall, and now and actually uh, it's it's working. It's a working condition. I can even zoom into a conversation if I want to. I can uh, watch uh, Prime videos if I want to. I can listen to podcasts in Overcast. So it's it's really cool. I have an iPad on the wall, and this is the first iPad um, that um, kind of inspired me to go iPad only. So it has like additional emotional value that is there in my home office. So. Again, uh, experimenting with different materials uh, for my home office. They're experimenting with different uh, setup and with different ambiance. Uh, I love it. It's uh,
1: so much fun. Meanwhile, I've been uh, trying to learn uh, how to mill. Yeah, milling about is, that. Yeah. You've,
0: been, you've been sending me some you know, strange photos and videos and I was like, what is he
1: doing? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me send you a picture from, from yesterday. Because yesterday was an important day for this project.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 I saw that. But is it like an old hard drive or something that you're milling?
1: Yeah, it, it's an old hard drive. Like that was the, the first piece of aluminum trash that uh, we found laying around. Okay. Yeah. So so this is the, the, the first ch- chunk of metal that uh, I've been milling, like mm-hmm. ever. Like I, I didn't have access to a proper milling machine. So what, what this is, uh, it's a 1981 Bridgeport Series 1 MDI. It's a really old machine. And yeah. you know what? Like those machines are built very well. And it's just fine. And uh, it's, a, it's a weird machine because it's very unusual because it's built to be both a manual mill And a CNC mill, so you can Uh, program it actually. Yes. How do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) The old the old electronics have been completely ripped out and replaced with new electronics. And Uh. originally there was a box with a DRO digital readout that just shows you the current position. So even if you're milling manually, you can like touch off like set the zero points. And then like like watch uh, precisely as you're, you're moving the axis to like get to like 20 millimeters or whatever, right? And I'm not sure how much exactly you, you could uh, do with the original CNC, but there were like you know proper engines to, to move around the, the axes. Now uh, there's like an old PC with uh, Linux CNC. Ah. So uh, you can put um, you know uh, CNC G code programs. And it will control all the motors, the spindle and everything, uh to do the milling. So we can really precisely pinpoint what it should do. Very precisely, yes.
0: It's like from these Apple commercials where they are just doing the iPad Pro with this machine and it's exactly, yeah. you know, you know, like extracting it from the aluminium and all that stuff, right?
1: Yeah. The the, the, the DRO on the axis are uh have resolution of one micron. Uh-huh. I don't think the axis can actually move that precisely, but they should be accurate to within uh maybe one or couple of hundreds of a millimeter. This is good enough. It's very precise. It's yeah. It's very precise. Yeah. So, I wanted to to try it out for a while. Like I've never had I've never had access to it and de- there it is, just this machine sitting. It was not in working condition, it almost was, but there was a few problems with that. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, like uh, actually, you know, j- just a-, a few evenings, the owner of the machine uh, with me w- were uh, fixing it. I-, I was helping out and like w- watching as as he-, he he does the the hard parts that I, I don't know how to do. Uh, but yeah, I-, I definitely got my hands dirty, really dirty, like <laughs> putting a- putting apart this this machine, like figuring out the the parts that are inside um, and there was a part there that was like a mishap from a previous fix that was done badly there was um, just a part that was uh, turned incorrectly and it wasn't on the same axis as the main axis like it didn't have the right the, the same okay. center so it was wobbling and was bad noise and like it wasn't good so it has to had to be like removed and milled again, or uh, turned again. So uh, we found like a big chunk of um, steel. I I cut it into like a a smaller chunk with um, an angle grinder. And then, you know, he, he put it on a lathe, we also have a lathe, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turned it into the, the right uh, shape. Then I helped put it back together. There was another like small thing, we fixed it. Yesterday we turned it on. There's still an issue because um, we um, we tore apart the spindle, and there are these um, ball bearings which are 30 years old that are dying. Like um, ah. maybe a ball inside has cracked, or or maybe it's just where, You know, it's 30 years old, but it's uh, at at high speed. It it makes this noise. Like it's it's slowly dying. So it's good to be used, but. That part is going to be replaced, and since it's a 30-year-old machine, replacement is either either expensive or hard to find, and like it's it's not a very generic part. It's it's kind of like um, special, but either way, um, after after fixing and getting my hands dirty, we're able to turn on this machine. Uh, we did like test milling by hand, and then my computer in wood, and then with aluminium. Haven't tested steel, but this can definitely cut steel. Um, and yeah, I've also been reading over the previous weekend this like two hundred page long uh, book about CNC milling. <laughs> wow! So I, I I think I I kind of know what 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 I what I need to to do to like actually. Build things using it, but like uh, you know, th- there's a lot of commonalities between different CNC techniques, right? Like 3D printing and and uh, laser cutting and CNC milling. Uh, yeah, it all really? it, it all involves CAD, uh, you know, computer aided design, and I I know mm-hmm. how to do that now. Um, you know, th- there's some commonalities in terms of like steering axes and just some general kind of ideas. But uh, CNC milling is probably the hardest because there's a lot of problems that like 3D printing doesn't have. Like a 3D printer doesn't have exchangeable tools, right? It just has one tool that spits out plastic, right? Here um, you have different tools. You have different size end mills, you have drills, you have spot drills, you have chamfer cutters, you have face mills, like all different tools for, for getting like Doing different things. Another thing that's kind of hard is work holding. So on a three D printer, you have to find the right z uh, z alignment or the you know uh, up and down kind of axis zero point so that it starts spitting out plastic just barely above the uh, yeah, the, the, the surface mm-hmm. the the surface the bed so that it sticks to the bed and then you just print on top of it right. But here like you're starting with a material you already have and you're cutting from it. So it's a subtractive, not an additive manufacturing process. That's true. Mm -hmm. Right? And you're starting from something that has different shapes. So you have to hold it somehow. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to like make a cube, that's not super hard. You just like clamp it in a vise or something. But then if you need to, like if you clamp it from one side and you do the top, then unless the, 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 the stock, the, the part you started with, the, the raw material, was already the right size on the bottom, you're going to have to flip it around and do the bottom. But then you have to find the, the, the same X and Y axis um, zero points. Otherwise, ah. you won't cut in the same place, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. But that's still qu- quite simple. But what if you have an irregularly shaped part, right? Yeah. What if you have something that's a circle? How, how Like, how are you going to hold that so that you can cut all the parts? Since parts of what you're going to cut, you're probably going to hold, so then you have to switch how you hold it such that you don't move the part, right? <laughs> or you have to flip it around or, like, move it somehow and then find a different um, point that you can find precisely to, like, hundreds of a mil- millimeter, like, a point that you can, like, zero in so that you can, you know... Start cutting again, and in the end it won't be visible right that like all the edges mm-hmm. will fit uh so it it's kind of it's kind of tricky and and sometimes requires a little bit of creativity uh just in terms of like figuring out how to physically like deal with this part uh, but also yeah, get... that's also part of the fun, I guess doesn't also get warm or hot actually even um. It can a little bit, but um, it it depends. It depends on uh, how fast you're cutting and the material and its hardness. Um, but definitely, in um, in some cases, you need to uh, add lubrication to it, like oil. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for most jobs, that's that's not necessary. It won't get hot enough to like uh, be a problem in terms of cutting. Uh, but it's still useful to have like um, something that blows away the, the chips so that they don't get stuck in the mill uh, or uh, yeah. you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the milling bit. But uh, usually you don't you don't need lubrication or like cooling.
0: Okay, because cause, cause, like, again, I remember from these apple you know spots and something that they were just putting some water on it or like yeah, yeah, know, yeah. some some liquid to make sure that it, it you know it, it, um, it. I don't know why, but like I have. I assume that because of heat or
1: yeah, yeah, that that's a, that's definitely part of it. Um, it's it's different if you have like a um high volume manufacturing grade machine because then you're optimizing for speed. That's true. Ah, like, and you don't have to do that here because the, here you're the just... problem. The problem with milling, similar to three D printing, slightly different but similar to three D printing, is that it's slow. Right. What? That's why a most like m- most consumer objects are not done using CNC milling because it's just way too expensive, right? But if you're Apple and you really want to do this because you want to want to have like a very precise uh, metal object, then you're going to really optimize for speed. So you're going to have a very fast machine with very fast spindle, very hard bits that you can use for like a long time before you need to replace them. And then if you're going to cut really fast, you're going to, Really, like, like you're gonna have to cool it down also very fast. Uh, But for like um, workshop level milling, you're just not gonna go fast enough, probably.
0: Yeah, I'll get back to Apple again because I remember uh, reading some books about Johnny Ive and the whole design process. Is that in their design studio they have all these machines because the designers there. So I mean, now I can appreciate more how cool it is to be an Apple designer because you're not only, you know, designing on your computer, but you're, you're then getting your hands dirty by building an actual prototype to see how yeah. it feels, to see how it, it might look like and all that stuff. And I remember, uh, I don't know, again, maybe an interview, maybe a book, I don't remember, but Johnny was explaining this whole thing that um, they play with all these materials. They're really, uh, the designers are just, you know, builders as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... It's very satisfying to build something and like metal is cool because like metal is something that you don't generally deal with as a hobbyist, as a consumer. Like, you know, you, you get metal parts, you, you get metal products, but like how you're going to build something out of metal yourself, right? Uh, so 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 that's why it's kind of cool to have this machine that you can, you know, program that you can turn at the a digital design into a physical object with a machine doing sort of all the work. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about actually like making metal things. Uh, but but so far I've, I'm just, you know, demonstrated that it can cut.
0: Yeah, but uh, do you already have an, an idea or uh, I guess something that you think you want to build? No,
1: not yet, not yet. I um, have some general ideas maybe, but uh, nothing too concrete yet but I I know with 3D printing I didn't have too many ideas either I just had like some vague ideas and maybe some some stuff I found on the internet Uh, but kind of with the appetite grows as you eat you know? exactly yeah yeah and and kind of doing it gives you more ideas
0: that's true i can appreciate that yeah yeah i mean let's let's see what you can build i mean you you're completely right like getting back to my home office renovation and uh, what i do here um oh and i just bought some new ikea ikea furniture for my girls uh i deal with wood and with you know carpentry because this is something that's mm-hmm. natural and then it's something that you can you know build stuff with but as you said doing something out of metal this is a completely different ball game this is a, <laughs> a completely different uh, uh, concept so um so yeah i'm still a carpenter only
1: yeah L- let me show you another thing that that i've been uh playing with and i'm gonna send you a picture okay so uh, i also wanted to play with concrete because i've seen products online where people made like cool things out of concrete like planters or i don't know just just you know pieces of of like sculpture or like useful objects that are made out of concrete and there's something there's something kind of satisfying in concrete like it's raw it's industrial it's very raw it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of dirty it's it's imperfect um the, the, there's something appealing to me about the, the the style of things made out of concrete and I wanted to, to try that. So I haven't yet succeeded, but um, on the picture I've sent you and we'll put it in the show notes too, I um, made a silicon mold. So I, I made a small object. I designed a small object and then I 3D printed it. And I, I made a box, put there my 3D printed plastic part and I poured it or I poured into the box, um, molding silicone, mm-hmm. and then I removed the, the plastic part after it cured after 24 hours. And if you zoom in really closely on on the picture, you can see that the silicone it's very good. Like it, like you can actually see, you know, very small details in the silicone. Like yeah. all of the imperfections in the 3D printing process, all of the edges on the uh, on the walls are visible. Yes, yeah, uh, Which is which is like really cool. Because like this this silicone, even though it's really thick, it, it can like resolve details that are um, you know, maybe ten or five hundredths of a millimeter large. And then like the idea is you pour uh concrete into it. So I've I've done that I think two days ago, and now I'm just waiting a couple of days for it to cure and see if it works. And and then you kind of paint it with um uh, I don't know what it's called, but um, you know th- there are these these um, solutions yep. that you paint uh, concrete with, so that it's not, it kind of still looks like concrete, still looks raw, but you don't have um, kind of dust. Yep. Forming on top of it, right? It's it's it becomes clean this way.
0: This is this is um I've I, when we were buying our house and uh, re- later renovating our house, uh, we were um, like our constructors or future constructors or architects were uh, showing us different houses. And in some of the houses, like the most modern thing right now is to have this concrete um, um, uh, concrete walls or concrete uh, uh, floors uh, done like this. It's, mm-hmm. it's micro concrete or something like that. It's uh, uh, again. It looks very raw, but then it's treated with this treatment, you know, um, liquid. And it still looks raw, as you, as you mentioned, but it's protected. So um, it's very, like, I, I, it was a house that even had uh, toilets and, you know, and like, you know, made with concrete only. Like no tiles, no nothing, mm-hmm. just concrete. It's, um, it's not my taste, um, um, but uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I thought so too. Like, I kind of like it. Like it. It's not like it's my thing, but like I, I would, I would be okay with having like concrete planters <laughs> on the on the uh, windowsill. Um, but it's just you know, it's it's the extension of of kind of playing with different materials, <laughs> right? Of like learning how to build physical objects, and it takes many forms. And I can build things out of plastic now. I um, I can cut 2D objects out of plywood, and now I want to make things out of metal and out of concrete. Because why not? Like it sounds cool to be able to do that. So I'm gonna try. (laughs) It's it's really nice. I mean, and it reminds me of something that
0: uh, I don't know. I ever told you. we um cuz as 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 you know before nosby I, I used to be a merchant of of sculptures on the internet and uh, mm-hmm. and uh um, you know, I, I became friends with uh, with one of the artists, and he came here um, uh, to our house uh, many years ago. Uh, and he he did a mold of our hands, uh, of 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 uh, my wife's hand, uh, my daughter's hand, and my hand together. And was so f- mm-hmm. it, was, it was so much fun. Like we, we had to put the hands together. They were molded uh, in in like he like, and we had to stay 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 still. And later he you know he peeled it out and created a mold. And created a sculpture out of it with our hands, and um, he he named the sculpture La Familia, the family, because you know, uh, family. And it was so much fun. But I remember the the fun process and him playing with all these materials uh, that I mm-hmm. I, I, did, I didn't know them. I didn't know how it's how it's done. So for for all of us, it was it was such a fun project just to be you know part of it and <laughs> our heads molded with these different you know liquids and and um, and plaster and like. The whole the nine yards, and later uh, when I went to his workshop, how how how, to, how he converts this um, to to a sculpture—it's uh, so much fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like some people in the in the hackerspace, they're they're like working on some like pretty extreme stuff. Uh, so I, I mentioned about the industrial robot. Yeah. So um, you know these these robots that you find in like car factories. Yeah, yeah, you know, these mm-hmm. these these big massive orange thingies with these, like three arms. Yeah, these
0: arms just moving stuff around, like you know, the yeah. entire you don't know wheels or entire um, doors, like the whole thing. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, so so these are these are also kind of CNC machines. Um, like d- they're they're different in that uh, usually when you think of CNC, you think of like three axes. Like, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have a thing that moves in the x-axis, y-axis, z-axis, and here you it's kind of more complicated to, like, move around in space precisely because you have, like, three arms, so it kind of moves by angles from, like, one point instead of having, like, three kind of rails set up, yeah but it is programmable, and it's programmable in pretty similar way. It's still, like, CNC g-code uh, with just, like, some special commands, and um you can put like all sorts of end effectors or like end parts yeah. doing affecting the world end effectors uh on top of the robots so uh they're very v- versatile right they can um they can grab things and move things around you can uh you can put uh i don't know a drill on top of it to like locate a hole and like drill something inside like you can put anything uh, on the top, like it, it's a it's a very versatile kind of moving around and doing things something in a programmed way machine, and they cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars essentially. Um, so yeah, we have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it was bought like um, it's essentially bought on 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 eBay. Yeah, for the price of scrap. Mm. so it was zero risk Uh, I I don't know how much it actually cost but like maybe a thousand dollars maybe less Wow! and if nothing worked like if not only you couldn't bring it back to life but all the parts were fried and you couldn't even sell them for profits you know part by part you could still just bring it back to the, the scrapyard sell it for the value of metal that's inside to like, yeah. you know, um, melt away and like you wouldn't lose any money. Uh, but it was bought anyway. Um, a lot of like, you know, couple dozen hours were put by a couple of like people who know what they're doing and something like $150, $200 in replacement parts uh-huh. or like like things that had to be ordered and it actually works like a machine probably worth a hundred thousand dollars uh bought fixed up and made by free labor and maybe a thousand dollars
0: so so uh from what i understand like all these friends of yours like all these people from hacker like for them it's also a hobby like they are just doing their like, essentially what you do like to to do something yeah. else to tinker with stuff just to just to, to Get out of the normal routine and do something geeky, nerdy, and everything, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. It's a it's a place to learn shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a little bit 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 more extreme. Like it's it's very like far on the mechanics end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty big. It's heavy. Like has to weigh a couple of tons. Uh, and like, there's no answer on Stack Overflow. Yeah. Right. Because right. like hobbyists don't have this sort of machine, right? Like, um, there's a manual for it, which A, is in German, which is a problem, Mm -hmm. and B, it's like a thousand pages long, but that's it. Like, you're not gonna find a lot of information on the internet about it, right? And, you know, they fixed it anyway. Uh, It it almost works. So the, the, the first the The first project, the first idea for an end effector is a plasma cutter, to like, you know, you can cut, you know, an inch thick, or half an inch thick um, piece of steel with it. Not sure why, if it's just for fun, or someone actually has projects to do, which require you know, very thick steel cutting, but they're gonna do it anyway. And it almost works. It's It's like, maybe a couple of more hours of work, and it's actually gonna work, probably. <sighs>
0: <laughs> Man, this is uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, This this sounds like so much fun. So again, uh, yeah. I think we're running out of time uh, on on this show. Yeah. Uh, so um, and you said we would not have anything to talk about. So um. Oh
1: yeah, I'm just getting started. So like yeah, definitely, maybe in January or February we'll we'll get back to this this subject. There, there's more projects that I have. In progress or planned
0: yeah, especially after you've you've done some, then it will be really good to uh to share them yeah uh, uh, completely right. um so I'll also share progress of my home office renovation, which is not as fascinating, but it's great for me, so anyway um but I think what we've proved on this show is that um getting hands dirty uh, manual labor for fun as a hobby is fun is great is it's something that Really takes our mind off our day to day, of our day to day problems, and it and to me it's just it just makes. Um, then I'm looking forward to to, to to sitting by the computer and doing the stuff I do, but then I'm looking forward to the aftermath <laughs> and uh, and building stuff. So yeah, uh, it's it's a good it's a good balance I think.
1: Yeah, l- let me try to to sell you on the on the idea. It's a much better way to spend free time than to watch Netflix. Because you watch Netflix and it's kind of fun, but you spend the entire evening in front of the TV or lying in bed and it's kind of not fully satisfying, right? But then, but then, like, if you work in front of a computer and you have computery kind of projects or ideas of stuff to do, like maybe blogging or you know, uh writing or open source. You know, like it's kind of it's it's not it's not that satisfying. Like the 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 brain, you know, it's good in front of a computer for eight hours a day, but not more. But uh this is a way in which you can really take like advantage of your free time to like do things, do things that are intellectually stimulating and where you get to learn things but it, it doesn't feel like work like it's it's very different from like doing other things on the computer or just sitting and reading a book to try to learn something like like doing things physically it's it's somehow like a different mode of the brain and i i feel refreshed and not tired after it so i spend half half a day in front of a computer and the other half building things with my hands and getting them dirty and i just You know, it feels great, and I learn so much. And I don't know why I would actually need that knowledge. Uh, Like, I I I, I don't think I'm gonna like stop doing programming and become a machinist. But like, why the hell not? It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the books that we discussed on this show, A Deep Work, essentially one of these books, there was this whole part about play and about uh, needing to build something physical, needing to do something physical to offload your you know brain activity so yeah completely yeah that
1: that was was in digital minimalism exactly
0: yes digital minimalism yeah so uh cool stuff um after recording this uh i have a few jobby things to do and after that i'm gonna be assembling more ikea furniture it's gonna be fun (laughs)